Mic check. Moto 60 Show, presented by Impact on com. taking your calls and looking ahead to the races with your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody. Thursday, February 13th, 2014. The uh, Monster Energy AMA Supercross Series is rolling into Dallas this weekend, and we welcome you to listen to some smart guys, and then me try to break it down. On the Fly Racing Moto 60 show presented by NFAB, Fly Racing Designs, it's racewear to complement a rider's natural movements on the bike. No unnecessary distractions, straightforward, no-nonsense function, fit, and style. Fly Racing products distributed by Western Power Sports. And, of course, NFAB. You got a truck, you got a Jeep, you got an SUV? Get the hottest-looking, hardest-working accessories from NFAB. Proudly built in Houston, Texas. NFAB offers step systems, light mounting solutions, bumpers, and more. Take a ride to the next level. To learn more about NFAB products, fish at n-fab.com. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Don't forget, you can get this show on uh, Stitcher. You can get it on iTunes. And uh, we appreciate it. A little hour-long show. Numbers are great. People are, Phone calls are great. And uh, we, uh, we appreciate it. We're going to give away a set of Fly Racing F-16 limited gear. So pants, jersey, gloves, F-16 limited gear. All you got to do to win that, just call in. That's it. Call in while calling with a decent question. Don't call in begging for it. Call in with a question. If it's good, we'll give it to you. If it's not, we won't. But don't beg. No one likes a beggar. As usual, I'm your host, Steve Mathis. With me on the, uh, in the producing the show, taking your phone calls, handling everything behind the scenes, the Tits Legendary Tits. What's up? Hello, Steven. How are you? I'm good. Thank can you I, for asking. Can I uh, get your thoughts on the six rounds of the AMA uh, Monster Supercross Series? Um, as a whole, it's been, uh, okay, thanks. No, I'm just kidding. Very, very good. Um, very, 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 very bummed for Reed. My, my heart just dropped when I saw him crash on that last lap. And it was, Hey, so you're bummed for Reed, bummed for Reed. And you're angry that Stu won. No. Yes, you are. No, no. Yes, you hey, are. You don't hey, like Stu. You, you know, you put the, you do like hand, you stack of Bibles type thing. Yeah. I do was, you do gen- that? I, I don't know. I was just saying just, okay. that's a term uh, that you oh, could yeah, go yeah, by. Yeah, right. I was genuinely happy for Stu. I'm not a hater. I don't I, believe you. You don't would, like why Stu. Would I, why would I lie? You don't like him. There are, it's fine not to are, like him. There are tons of dudes that I would fully admit that I do not care for at all. Wouldn't say I'm from a Hold on. Am I getting We've it mixed up? This. Am I getting it mixed up with another producer that sat there for three years that didn't <laughs> like James Stewart? I, I – I traded teams. Whatever you want, whatever you want to say, I, I've converted. You're gay I've, now. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm batting for the other team now. Uh, no, you I'm, I'm, used I'm a to, fan. You no, used no, to not. I, you're, that's correct. Okay, I, I used you. to. Okay. Not. You're not just making this up. Thank you. I, I thought I was going crazy. You I'm used also, to not like James Stewart. Correct. Now you've come around. Yes. Right. Very unhappy that Dungey still doesn't have a W yet. Got a heat uh, race win though. Got a heat race he win. He did. He did. Not not good enough though. 
<laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, All right. Just Jeez. saying. Wow. Just just saying. Okay. But no, very happy for Who Stu. do you like for 250E Supercross Series? First of all, do you know who's racing it? <laughs> There's a handful of guys. Um, I'm actually going with, I think it was, uh, I don't know if it was Weege or if it was JT, but I think it'd be great, and it wouldn't surprise me if Cincerello came out and just won it. That was Weege. That was yeah. Weege, yeah. yeah. We just, we just I, I don't know if I, I wouldn't put money on it, but I uh, think it'd be great, and it, it it wouldn't surprise me, but at the same time, it wouldn't surprise me if he just had a total rookie year. and was Had just, a few mistakes, yeah. Right. But. So, who knows? Speaking but of Weege, let's, let's dial him up on okay. the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. Let's get to some calls right away when we uh, get started here. Bo, what's going on, man? Hey, Steve. What's going on? Nothing. Thank you for listening to the show. What's your question? Um, a while back on the, the Pulp Show and maybe other podcasts, uh, you mentioned Barsha was looking to get a deal done early. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's doing not good. No. <laughs> and I, I was wondering if, I mean, there's something going on, and it, it's kept private in the Borsi camp, and that would be his motivation for getting something done soon. Well, um, no, I, I don't know what's going on in the camp. I, he's not happy with his bike again, um, but is it the bike? Is it his results? Is he putting too much pressure on himself? I was told by one of the teams that he's talking to that they were told, hey, we want to get this thing done and wrapped up by the middle of Supercross. Um, I don't think that's going to happen now um, because he's just, you know, he's just not putting in the results right now that he's capable of. Remember, I was the guy who said he was going to challenge RV. So, um, yeah, I don't know what what uh, what's going on. I don't know if there's anything personal. I don't know anything like that. I just know that uh, uh, it's not working out right now. Honda's testing a ton. Wygant told us that he had four start switches or something on his bike last weekend. So. You know, he he had a season best, I think, this weekend in Oakland. Uh, he got a fourth. So, uh, no, sorry, he got a season best in Anaheim three. Um, so yeah, he's you know he's getting around. I, I, he's one guy I would, would think that the East Coast is going to help out, but I don't know, Bo. Yeah. I'm lost too. I don't know. So I was just thinking, like you know, something physical or illness related. That no, I, I know don't... sometimes you hear about stuff that. Mm-hmm. You don't find out about it until the season later. Right. No, no. Uh, I'm speaking to the Honda guys and speaking to Jeff Stanton, his trainer. No one has brought that up at all. So yeah. I don't think that's all it. Right. I just think he's not pumped on his starts slash bike, and they're all working on it, and hopefully it turns a corner soon. Right. Well, hopefully so, you can turn it around in Dallas. I know. I remember I, t- I said he was going to challenge RV, so I-, I look like an idiot right now. Thanks, Bo. <laughs> all right, thanks. Thank you. Uh, Jay, what's going on, man? Hey, Steve, how you doing? Just Good. got done watching uh, Team Canada beat Norway in Olympic hockey. I saw that. I saw the results. Wake me when the medal round. That's all, that's all I care about. Um, but, um, you know, I, speaking I of I got that, a question for you. Um, yeah. I was listening to the uh, San Diego wrap-up show, and JT made a comment about how Villapoto really dislikes losing to Stewart more than other people. And you guys always talk about how mentally strong uh, RV is. I was just curious why he would take a bigger sting to losing to Stewart than anybody else. Does he not consider Stewart to be on the same level as him? Or uh, I don't necessarily. Yeah, I remember when, when JT said that. I don't necessarily uh, agree with that. I don't I don't think RV likes losing to anybody. Um, right. Maybe the only reason he doesn't like losing, losing to Stu is because I'm always in the truck bringing up how, how good Stu looks. Um, I don't – yeah, I don't think uh, – I, I mean, obviously JT – uh, talks to different people than I am and knows different people than I do. Maybe there is something to that. I just believe RV doesn't like losing to anybody, you know. 
So. Right. That's kind of what I thought. I just, I just didn't know if there was some rivalry that I didn't know about or something like that. No, not that I can think of. You know. All right, so. cool. Well, enjoy the show. Thanks for taking hey, my call. Thank you, Jay. All right, everybody. Let's bring in RacerX Online's editor. He is uh, a better announcer than I am. He's a better writer than I am. He's a better radio show host than I am. And uh, let's bring him in now. Jason Wygant. I'm not sure, man. I'm not sure about the radio host thing. You're putting in a lot of hours, logging a lot of practice laps. (laughs) This is uh, true. (laughs) You might be getting to the outliers 10,000 hours to master a subject. That's a good point. I have to be getting better just by virtue that I'm sitting in this chair so much, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a book that uh, that's what outliers is all about. You should read it. It's just about it really talent isn't what people think talent is. Talent is just putting yourself in the opportunity to practice stuff a lot, and you become really good. And then there's also the, the uh, I think the same guy, Malcolm Gladwell, wrote about yep. how people who are born in the first half of the year inevitably have more success. Yeah, that's one of them. And it's yeah. specifically in hockey. They followed hockey players yeah. and they figured out the reason why was because if you're like five, if you're five and a half, you're probably going to be better than someone who just turned five, right? Yeah. So then yeah. you get onto the special teams that get more ice time, more mm-hmm. ring time, and then yeah. you multiply that every year of your life and you end up being better when you're 20. Right, right. So... Um, yeah, so there you go. Just by doing these shows, you've gotten better. So, um, well, I'm waiting for you know you to start your own show and just n- knock all of us off. Oh, uh, we tried that once. We tried podcasting once. That's right. We did not knock anyone off of anything. That's right. Don't you forget it. Um, hey, oh, it was horrible. Right. Let's uh, ping. Oh, it was horrible. <laughs> let's go to uh, let's start with you. Seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. By the way. If you have a question for myself or Jason Wygant about Dallas, about 450, 250, anyway, anything like that. Weege, Dallas Supercross um, itself as a whole, the uh, old stadium was a hole in the, in the ground, literally sucked. Uh, terrible kind of sight lines, press boxes, track was always super narrow and very hard pack. But now in the new stadium with the big jumbotron, the nice press boxes, the good dirt, or better dirt, I should say. It's a really good round. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of hype on this one. I think you could see it with the crowd, too. Uh, the crowd's a lot bigger uh, than it was at the old place. The old stadium, you just got to take our word for it. Uh, you know, the Cowboys have a storied history. Dallas is a big city. When you saw the old Texas stadium on TV, everything seemed fine. But, man, when you saw that thing up close, it was like, uh, it was like when the gossip rags show actresses without their makeup on. You're like, whoa, that's what this place really looks like? <laughs> right. uh, this is, uh, this is uh, totally different. Even the area is nice, too. It's not just the stadium, but the baseball yeah. stadium next door, it's, it's a good place to hang out. Jerry's World, bro. Um, no, it's really nice. It's, uh, it's a good round. It's underrated, except for the year that we came out of the, the main events and there was tons of snow. That sucked. Yeah, and that was in April. That year was in yeah. April, yeah. and it snowed. What's right. up with that? I don't know. Uh, but, hey, uh, thank you for being on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show presented by NFAB. Let's get started. 250 East preview. Are you – well, I don't know if you heard – I doubt you heard the beginning of the show, but our own Tits Legendary is on board with you with Adam C. and Cirillo. Shocking the world. And, you know, I know that uh, he's already – this is the, the age we live in now. Uh, somehow, before he's even really raced pro much, he's already kind of polarized. Uh, some people. I think, you know, yeah. the hype makes it exciting for some, and there's hype backlash for others. That's the world we live in now. It usually takes a couple of years to get everybody's already there because yeah. everything's processed so quickly now. This is not a me saying that since was the second coming or overhyping him or, yeah. uh, well, we're probably going to get accused of licking balls at some point, but he's only 17, so we better better be careful. <laughs> there's actually laws in you place. Know, right. 
Yeah, I'll probably get go to jail. Um, it's mostly just based on this East Field. There's a there's a pro and a con for every single guy. Mm-hmm. So why not just swing for the fences if a rookie's going to have a shot at it? He 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 would not. I don't think be able to beat Anderson and Sealy and Wilson guys who have been there, done it mm-hmm. in the West. But look at this East Field. Yeah, like all okay, of them have a weakness. All of them have a strength. Let's run it down real quick. You and you tell me quickly strength and weakness of each guy. Um, and I think yep. you're right. I totally agree with you because I'm not sure how anyone could put any of these guys as a favorite. But um, all right, so Baggett strength. Yeah, Baggett has won Supercross races before, which most people in the East can't say. Yeah, he's also won a title that was harder to win than this before. But, geez, just look at his Supercross seasons the last uh, two years. They've been horrible, yeah. and they have not just been injuries. I mean, 2012, he just sucked. Yeah. He just straight-up sucked. Um, so and last, year he, and last, year he, last year he made it a corner. Um, yeah, that was bad luck. But 2012, there were a lot of races where we were just like, what, what is wrong with this guy? And he's like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Martin Davalos, strength, speed, con, he's Martin Davalos. Yeah, I mean, you should just left it blank, Martin Davalos, and just let everybody answer for themselves, right? Um, Exactly. Maybe this is the year. You know, Mitch Payton told me that that uh, he thought that Justin Hill could win a race. I thought he was a little crazy. The man in the wheelchair has been proven correct. Um, So Martin's got to somehow break through. Um, Jeremy Martin hasn't won a race. Con a lot is, of things are on Jeremy Martin's side, but he hasn't ever won a race before. Right. Uh, we've said before that that's, there's kind of like a natural order to how you take care of these things, and it's usually you learn to win a race, and the next year you go after the title. And uh, kind of same thing for his team. You know, I think it's all a learning process for all of them. And, again, he could do it, but you could see why it also could not happen. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I'm with you. I, although Will Hahn proved me wrong last year, it's hard to see but, a guy winning his first race and then going on to win the title. Well, yeah, but I always make this point. It is true that Will Hahn won his first race last year and won the title. But the only rider in the East last year who had ever won a race before was Wilson. So once Wilson got hurt, it was a guarantee well, and, that somebody... And Wharton. And Wharton. Oh, sorry, Wharton. That's right. Yeah. So basically, it was a guarantee. Yeah. It was, the odds were on their side. So it's just yep. still... Uh, I, I think he saw Han didn't ride as well the last couple races once he had the points league. He's dealing with that for the first time. So it's still something every one of these guys will have to deal with. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. And, of course, Wharton coming back from, uh, you know, he basically didn't have a ride. Uh, he's a fill-in guy. I, I like Blake. I think he can win a race, but he just can't seem to nail that consistency. Uh, Bichelli is a rookie on the Geico team. I can't see him. I can see him in a McElrath position, 5-10. to 10. Uh, Bogle. Yep. I think he just got back on the bike not too long ago. Certainly got the skills, yep. but again, never won a race. And I don't even know how many podiums Justin Bogle's ever gotten. I don't think that many. Um, he started his Supercross season out uh, really well two years ago. He was actually battling with Roxon a lot. Um, but then things started to really go weird and, and mm-hmm. sideways. Yeah, it's just he didn't race at all last year, so that's a lot to overcome. Could he do it? Yeah. Sure he could. Alex, Mar- Alex Martin, Cole Thompson, Matt Lemoyne, all solid riders, but no one I think is going to pick any of those guys for the title. So, in my mind, it comes down to the three PC guys, Jeremy Martin and maybe Blake Wharton. What you um, say? Yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I, would not, uh, I would not count Bogle out okay. at all. All right. Um, I think Bogle is as good a shot as anybody. They're, just, they're all question marks, um, but he could, he could do it. Um, but and don't forget, you have Kyle Cunningham in there. He's never won a race before. He's always been, uh, title-wise, that might be a long shot, but he's always fast. 
Yep, Cunningham's a guy that uh, I think Cunningham fits in the Alex Martin, Cole Thompson, Lemoyne uh, group. Maybe it's slightly above them. You know, he's got, yeah, he's probably I, got a little, little bit above. He's right. he's been fast before. The um, and the and and I guess the thing to look at and why I picked Baggett was because I just I just think he's I guess I mean he didn't race the West because he got injured, but by the looks of things he's healed up and he's ready to go and. I just feel like the national title means a lot. Now, of course, if you go back a few months, I was saying the same thing about Dean Wilson. Like, I just think <laughs> the national title means so much, and it's so hard to win, and it, it so, to me, legitimizes you as a rider. I can't see how Baggett loses this. And if he does, it's not good. It's not a good look for him. If anybody else loses this series, you go, eh, okay, I get it. If Baggett loses, it looks worse. Do you agree? Like Wilson, I don't know. I mean, the guy hasn't uh, the guy hasn't won a Supercross race in over two years. hasn't raced it pretty much in uh, since 2012. I mean, to to put him, I can't see how he could lose this. Seems a little bit strong. No, no, no. For a I, guy who I, no. had a terrible Supercross season in 2012, missed the entire thing in 2013, hasn't won a race since 2011. I don't see how you could make a guy like that. The I can't see how he can lose this. But he's guy. just got so much. He's got more wins than everybody in this class. He's got more uh, prestige. He's on a great team slash bike. Yep. Like, he's got, on paper, if this was one of those, you know, Lloyds of London, everybody's getting insurance now, and those Lloyds of London guys break everything down on paper. They're very analytical. I just see Blake Baggett being the favorite here. The favorite. Yeah, I can give you the favorite, but I cannot give you the – I can't see how he loses this level of uh, favorite. So I'm saying it's crazy. It's wide open. Might as well just swing for the fences and, and yeah, pick so, something crazy to happen. Yes, I just see Adam. Um, you know, although he's grown a little bit, um, I just I could see him having some rookie mistakes. You know, you have one bad race, and and a lot of times that knocks you out. I could just see that happening to, to Adam. Um, now I talked to yeah. Alden Baker about it. I talked to RV about it. They're very confident. They feel like you know he's been working hard, doing all the right things. Of course, he's down there with Villapoto and Roxon, so um, you know he's looking good that way. But I don't know. And then and then there is an enigma that is Martin Davalos. What if he gets oh. it done? What if he gets it done this year? Uh, you thought it was bad with Blows. You thought you had a bad with Blows. <laughs> oh, man. He gets it done this year, which is unfortunate because you've been proven right already. Uh, it's, all yeah, just, yeah. it's all just bonus time now. Yeah, people won't. But, but if he starts winning, I will get the angry tweets, which I understand and I accept and, and all that. Yeah. Um, but maybe this is it. Maybe this really is it. Well, they always say in this game that it only takes one time for everything to change. Mm-hmm. So any one of the weekends, especially, again, against this field that's going to be maybe a little uh, more unsure of themselves. I mean, last year he was against Roxanne and Tomac, who, I mean, those, Tomac had already won that title. Roxanne mm-hmm. had won world titles. It'd be hard to elbow your way in with those guys. But against this group, this could be where he – has things fall into place the accidental one time you need mm-hmm. to then have the confidence to just start doing it all the time. See, um, he's got the skills. He's got the speed, Weech. Yeah, it is weird, though, um, some of these guys. Like, um, we, we say that Wharton has had problems with inconsistency. There are two different types of inconsistency. I think when people think inconsistent, they think of the crash or win kind of guy. Um, that's not necessarily Wharton. The problem with Wharton has always been, it's like if there's nine races – there will be five where he's really fast yeah. and can win, yep. and there'll be four where he just isn't. Right. He just, 
you know, gets a whole shot and just gets passed by three guys and just gets a distant fourth. It happened several times last year. He yeah. won run race outright, should have won another. Another race, he's clinging to third, and Tyler Bowers is faster than him. And you're like, he went from the first <laughs> fastest guy this week to the fourth yeah. in one week. And I feel like Davalos does have the speed at times. But I've never looked at it closely enough to know, does he like that every week, or is it like three times a year or four times a year he wins a heat race? Like, is he always the fastest guy? He, I mean, yeah, in practice, he's always top three. He's pretty much always. He's always top three. Pretty much always, okay. I'm I'm interested in seeing, too, a little bit. I I know there's some tension between the Baggett and Cien Cirillo's. Uh, we saw yeah. we saw Blake attempt a burnout on Adam last year at, at Lake Elsinore, according to according <laughs> to Adam. Um, so that should be interesting to see if those two end up one A and one B. Like things will get a little tense over there, which nothing that Mitch Payton's not used to. But that'll be interesting to keep an eye on. Um, yeah, I think it's going to motivate each other. I think that's actually. It, it seems like with Baggett two years ago in Supercross when it was bad, I think people were starting to wonder like, does he even have a nose for this? Does mm-hmm. he even? interested in going for it in Supercross. Or, uh, I think that's going to it's gonna pump him up just that much more. He apparently would not want, want this kid to beat him. <laughs> no, no, he does not want baby Jesus, as some in the pits were referring to Adam as. Uh, to be, be yeah, able that's going to be, uh, it's gonna be fun to ride that train. That yeah. You either love or hate. It's coming look, soon. You've got to pick a side. Hey, uh, hey, dear other riders, it's not Adam's fault he actually can be witty and funny and give a great interview. It's not his fault. Sorry, that he is homeschooled, but yet still gets it. It's not or his fault. Fast? Is that his fault also? What? Is it his fault that he's also fast and good? Yeah, right, right. Like, sorry, he's a, he, you know, yeah, he does do a lot of interviews, and yeah, he does some videos and stuff, because he says interesting things. Um, 702-586. The baby Jesus thing isn't just because of the amount of interviews he does. It's, it's, I right. think it's everything. I think it's the whole package. I think it's the Right, the thing. whole package. I'm right. saying you have to also include that he can't yeah. help the fact that, you know, as an amateur, you won a lot of races. That yeah. does add to the hype. That does add to the right. attention. But what is he supposed to do, purposely lose? Do you, if I hear Alan Cincerillo tell me that Cooper Whip never, ever, ever beat us in amateurs, <laughs> then I'll know. Things have gone off the rails. <laughs> yes, um, but we've never heard, we've never heard <laughs> that from that. No, no, we've never heard that, but it should be interesting. It's not Michael Lessie style, you're right. Seven, sorry, uh, Tony Lessie style. 702-586-7857. Give us a call here on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show presented by NFAB. Uh, we're still giving away a set of F-16 Fly Racing limited edition gear. This stuff is so good and looks so awesome. It'll make even JT whoop speed look impressive. Um, Brad, what's going on, man? Hey, man, I had a few questions for you guys. Sure. Uh, the first one, I was listening to a... Uh, past show from a couple weeks ago. You guys were talking a lot about arena cross, and it got me to thinking, uh, Bowers is basically the king of arena cross, right? I mean, he wins all of them. It seems like it's a a kind of, of a given. Yep. Um, what do you think would happen if you took the top 450 riders from Supercross, uh, Stewart, Villapoto, Dungey, Reed, what if you put them in arena cross? Where would Bowers finish? Hmm. What do you think, Weege? That's always been an interesting question, you know, when the U.S. Open first came around in the late 90s. They'd really hype up guys like Antonez. Oh, this is their type of track. They're going to do well. <laughs> and then I heard a lot of people say, well, yeah, but those guys only win arena cross because Ricky Carmichael and Jeremy McGrath aren't there. I, um, a quick, quick side note. I think, quick side note. I lost $100 on Buddy Antonez at the very first U.S. Open. For I'm that like, very reason. Because I'm like, oh, it's arena cross, the Bud man. He's going to smoke everybody. Exactly. It didn't work <laughs> out. I think um, – 
I, I think against almost anybody, Bowers knows the arena cross game. There's such a strategy to it. I think there's more strategy to it than there even is Supercross. Uh, he would fare pretty well. If you went to the deepest end of it, I mean, if you threw Villapoto, Stuart Reed in there, I don't think he's going to have anything for them. That would be crazy in my mind. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Talent's talent, yeah. right? Talent's talent eventually. Absolutely. Okay. Thanks, Brad. Hey, I, I, uh, I got one more quick question. Okay. Um, all these guys are saying, you know, you hear Reed, Stuart Villapoto, everyone's saying, oh, once we go east, the dirt suits me better, the dirt suits me better. Mm-hmm. Who do you guys think it actually does suit better? Like, when they go east, who is actually going to improve? I think we did talk about this, and we brought that same point up. Everyone says that they're going to do better. but You can't the- help everyone the same. That's not <laughs> right, possible, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> um, yeah, it is funny to me that they're all like, well, you just wait. I think Stewart. Well, the other guy said that too. Yeah, I think Stewart. Great question. I think Stewart is really legitimately fast on the East Coast stuff. I mean, he's fast everywhere. Don't get me wrong, but I think he can benefit. Barsha, I think, will be benefited because he'd be at home and all that. So, yeah. I, I think Barsha and Villapoto to me would be the biggest difference. I think that Stewart and Reed, for example, might like those tracks better, but I don't know if it's going to have as big an impact. Villapoto seems to me to ride a whole lot better when there's traction and uh, and. Uh, Marsha has said he's the worst hard pack rider in the world at times. So there you go. All right. Thanks, Brad. All right. Thanks. Uh, good question. Good the, yeah. Good question. Jeremy Martin, um, his teammate, we uh, had a little group text going on earlier this week, and, and opinions were varied on his teammate, uh, Anthony Rodriguez, uh, rookie kid. What do you see from him? What do you think? It's kind of unfair sometimes. There's such a mining of the amateur ranks going on where every team is grabbing every rider. You know, it used to be if you get a factory ride to come in straight to the amateurs, that meant you were unbelievable, right? right? Yeah. So I think now some of the guys get almost unrealistic expectations. I think he'll be okay. I don't think he's supposed to be the next big thing. I don't believe that anyone, you know, internally is expecting that. But I think nowadays it's easy to get confused and be like, well, if Yamaha's bringing this kid straight out of Loretta's, he must be unbelievable. And then a year from now you'll hear people saying, what happened? He's a bust. He's a washout. I think he's good, you know. But uh, I don't think he's going to win a race or anything like that in his rookie year. And Jeremy Martin, um, obviously down there with uh, Ryan Dungey and Car- at the Carmichael Farm, down there riding a lot. He rode. He made his debut in East Coast. I think he got two podiums, two or three podiums. Mm, I thought it was just Daytona. I thought it was just Daytona. He didn't last much longer than that. He got hurt at the end of the year. Did he? Yeah, uh. yeah, he missed the last. I think he actually missed Minnesota, unfortunately. He missed his home one, and he'll never have yeah. another chance. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, because outdoor yeah. stadium, yeah, never never be able to do it again. Um, I could see him winning this title. I could see Jeremy Martin oh, doing it. absolutely. Yep. Yeah, absolutely, I could. Yep. Um, again, against a whole bunch of other guys who haven't right. uh, done a, you know, haven't had that first win thing before either. So if anyone can do it, I don't see why not. But supposedly just the fitness on this dude is ridiculous. Now, I don't know. How big a factor that is compared to what it would do outdoors, but he was good late in the season last year. Uh, yeah, outdoors. I felt like, I felt like him and Webb just flip flop. Webb started off strong, and maybe you know it's a long season, twenty twenty four motos, and I felt like Webb tailed off a little bit at times. Except for I think yep. the last round he was good, and then Martin came on stronger. You know, um, yeah. I have to ask that Matthews guy what he thinks. I'm sure he's not going to get any questions in. <laughs> no interviews, with Matthews. Um, let's get to the lines here. Coming up with Jason Thomas, by the way, right now on the line with RacerX online editor, uh, Jason Wygant. Alex, uh, what's your question? Alex. Hey, Steve. Hey. This is Alex. I just, 
First off, I wanted to thank you for letting me into your fantasy league and to thank you and Pookie for the wonderful stickers. Oh, yeah, no problem. I will be repping them. I'll be repping them on my mountain bike helmet during the race season. But anyways, um, my question had to do with the gear that riders wear. Yep. Um, first off, when you see them wearing similar colorways and the heat and the mane, are those, is that the actual same gear or do they just have a ton of different pairs? Uh, that's a good question. We should probably ask JT when we get him on the line. Um, they Some guys get three, four sets and wear the same set all day, much to the chagrin of the gear guys. Some guys put new stuff on every other every time they hit the track. Um, yeah, it's really dependent on which guy. I know for each race, I get about three, four sets. I thought it oh, was. Cool. Um, and then you... I thought the marketing guys even have a hand in that. Like they, these are the these are two popular colorways. We want to make sure there's photos of both. So you have to wear one and practice in one of the main. You can't run one all day. I thought that was part of the deal. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, some. But I think some riders are just like, yeah, screw it. I'm wearing the same stuff. Depends yeah, that was kind of right? my question too. Is like if the gear companies say you have to wear this for the main, or if the riders um, kind of get to no. choose what they want to wear. I think a little bit of both. I think a little bit of both depends on who you are. Depends on who your gear company is. I think sometimes the gear companies like, look, you have no choice. You're wearing this stuff in the main event, whatever it may be. You know. So, there, I think it's a little bit uh, of talking to the gear guys, talking to the riders. Riders being superstitious. Remember, Carmichael wore orange for I don't know a couple years or something. Um, right. So, yeah. Michael's level, he can probably do whatever he wants, but there's yeah. probably a lot of guys who are at the mercy of their sponsor. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I know I do goggle service for X-Brand Goggles, and uh, I give the riders the colored goggles, and I sometimes put special ones in the main event, but they can use whatever. And they usually just follow what I did. You know, I mark the bags and stuff. But some riders, uh, I'm not going to name any names, but he rides with number 27. He uh, picks his own colors that he wants at that time and then yells at me that I didn't give him the right colors. So, All right. Thanks, yeah, Alex. Not like Nick Way is superstitious. No, not at all. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, Shock change. <laughs> Sean's got a question for us. Sean, what's up, man? How are you? Good. How's it going? Good, good. What's going on? Hey, I'm just wondering, is there one of these top four or five guys that can go on like a five or six race winning streak and give RV a run for his money? Well, what What do you think, Weege? I think the number seven is about the only guy capable of getting that hot. That's my uh, thoughts. Yeah, I know. I, I feel like this has been a battle all year. It's the, the hope that that's going to happen because Villapoto's won so much lately. I've been talking about this quite a bit. I think yeah. people want that to happen in the worst way. Change it. Parody. Something. I don't Please. know if it's realistic, though. Yeah, in, in, the end, in the end, it's RV, man. He's, he's the best there is right now, there, and I don't think there's any doubt about that right now. I don't... We talked for years about uh, this guy and that guy, but right now, as we sit in, fe- in uh, February of 2014, Ryan Villapoto is a step above everybody else. I-, I really, maybe not a big step, but but a step. Yeah, yeah. I could beat him. I'd like to see Dungey get a few. Beat him five in a row. Sean, Sean, you and Tits would like to see Dungey get a few. So. <laughs> somebody mix it up there, because I have a feeling we're going to be ending this thing like in New York if it keeps up like this. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Thanks, Sean. All right, thanks. Like we like we broke down, I think on uh, on the Racer X podcast show. Why again? You know, RV he's only got uh, one more podium than he had last year. He had the same amount of wins, and he went on a run. Once we started heading east, and, and everybody started getting a little, you know, a little tired of the grind and everything else, RV just got stronger and stronger. We may see that again. Well, it's that, but I I still feel like he had no choice. He, the only way he was going to win the title from 20-some points down on Millsaps was he had to win almost every race, and then he darn sure did it. Yep. Uh, I don't know if you'll necessarily see that this time around because 
He might not have to. It's not do or die. He's got the points lead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he I mean, it. I, I, I mean, deep in his in his heart, you know, he he told me he was trying hard both of the last two races, but it did look like he settled a little bit, and that's fine. You know, I mean, I felt like he could have maybe gone balls out a little more, but he didn't feel right. like the track was letting him do that, and he took his second and his third. So. Smart, smart ride. Yeah, I think even even perfect seasons and, and amazing dominance we've seen out of guys. I don't think any rider likes having to be in the absolute must win every week situation. That's just a lot of a load on your shoulders, and he'll be glad to not be there this year and be able to take seconds and thirds on occasion. Last call for Jason Wygant from uh, from Morgan. Morgan, what's going on? Not much. How are you guys doing? Good. Hey, thanks. You, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. What uh, What's your question? Not too much. Um, well, I was thinking about, we've talked about how Monster Cup is a great one-off race, but old Kenny Watson has talked about trying to explain three main, three main events to sponsors is confusing. But then I look at the current Supercross setup, the format, isn't it more confusing to take the top nine out of the 250 class and then the LCQ versus the four from the heat of the 450 and the five from the semi and the LCQ? Doesn't three main seem a lot simpler to explain? Um. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've never been a guy, you know, there there was um, a long time ago, there was a one-moto format tried at Glen Helen because they said two motos are too confusing, and some people said three motos are too confusing. I think Dan Bentley also shares that feeling. Like, how do you explain to fans that a guy who went, uh, you know, one, three, two, wins the overall at the Monster Cup? But um, I, I'm, I'm fine with either. I, I guess maybe I'm taking for granted people's uh, – Skills to figure things out? I don't know. But, um, yeah, I'm fine with it. Weege? I think um, what you could do to fix it real easy, if you want a three-moto format, is if you just put the previous scores and left them on the TV screen the whole time, like you would do in any other, like a stick-and-ball game, uh, and just had that score change as they made passes, then I think it would make a lot of sense. I mean, I don't think anyone watches basketball and says, wait, 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 I can't remember what the score was in the first quarter, so I'm just confused now. You just keep the total running the whole time. But usually the way we do it, kind of dumb, is that we just pretend that you remember everything that happened in the first moto or two completely. Mm-hmm. Don't even tell you anything about it. And then at the last lap, it's like, wait, let's do some math. <laughs> um, so I figure it I think out. if they were a little more current on it, it would help. Uh, but no, um, Morgan, I, I think that the, the top nine and, and all that is fine. And one, one moto, two motos, whatever, we'll figure it out. Uh, I think there should be some races that we do three main events like we did in the Monster Cup. I absolutely believe that. I'm, I'm not necessarily for the three mains, but, like, why do the top nine of the 250? Why not just do the semis? I mean, oh. more racing is more fun, right? Yeah, I just think they can't squeeze them all in the program. They just, they, you know, they want to get people out of the stadium at a certain time, and they um, they just want to TV squeeze. time, they only yeah. have so much, too. Yeah. So much think. of a window. They can't do a five-hour show, I guess, or whatever it would take. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. Thanks, man. Well, all right, thank you. Thank you, Morgan. Morgan wanted to keep going with that, but um, <laughs> or maybe something different. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Jason Wygant, thank you for. Well, hey, look. No, before we let you go, you're sticking with your AC prediction. Yes, why not? Okay. And I'm sure that will come down harshly to some and be loved by others. Give me. We got you. We got you saying Adam Cincerello is going to win this title. Give me the race winners though this year, and give me the just who's going to win a race. I don't need you to do the math and add up the nine rounds. So you don't need to tell no. me who, how many. Who's going to win a race? Uh, Baggett will win one. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty clear. Um, can I combine Wharton and Bogle into one human being? 
Well, you are you are into this transfer power thing lately, so yeah, transfer power plus Warden was the fill-in. Um, between those two humans, there will be a race win or race wins between mm-hmm. either one of them. Okay. Like if Bogle gets two, I'm going to count that as one for each. How about that? Okay. If vice versa, yeah. Okay. So that one and a half person, Baggett, uh, AC, uh, I'll go Martin, and I'm going to leave it there. Sorry, Davalos. So you got four guys, four and a half guys winning the nine races. That's, that's yeah, about, I mean, that's, that's about right. I, I can't yep. squeeze anybody else in. No, that's about right. That's about right. So. Yeah. Okay. Hey, thank you for coming on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show, man. Appreciate it. Always a good right. time. Are you, yep, see you oh, this weekend. See you in Dallas. Bye-bye. Yep, later. And with that, let's transition smoothly over to our own uh, Fly Racing fly racing uh, guru uh, here on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show presented by NFAB, Jason Thomas. What's happening? Hey, quick question. We had a guy calling in earlier about gear. Mm-hmm. How many sets of gear do the Fly Racing guys get per night? Uh, three. Three sets of gear, and can they wear either any color, any one race they want? Uh, well, we coordinate, so as long as everyone's on the same page, yeah, it doesn't really matter. But, no, but they both uh, have to wear the same car at the same time. D- but I'm saying, like, does Andrew Short get different colors, three different colors, or one color? Yes. Okay. Yeah, typically. Maybe sometimes maybe sometimes two colors. Okay. But, but uh, can yeah. Andrew Short wear whatever color in whatever race he wants, including can he wear the same stuff for all three races if he chooses? Yeah, as long as Gerke is on board. Oh, okay. They, they both have to wear the same color. Ah, okay. Perfect. All right. So, yeah, yeah so that you want that team on the same thing. Same thing with go. the Cycle Trader, Rock River guys. Uh, yep. All kind of teams. Yeah, yeah. We okay. just try to coordinate so they look like a team out there. Oh, okay. No, it feels like we yeah. learned something today, Tits. I feel like we learned something. I was actually wondering, like, with – I always thought that uh, pro circuit team, you know, how they all have – they just look like they, – right. they, they look like a team, but it's hard to distinguish, you know, the different guys. by the. the, the they all look like the same Besides guy. their giant numbers? Yeah, that's what we're going the, for. People are hard to see those things. <laughs> I, I was wondered. Clearly, that's obviously on purpose. But I was wondered why, because I thought let them have like their personality, let them choose the gear they want to use. But um, obviously, you guys know more than I do. Yeah, we're trying to market the product. You know, what I mean, I, I understand what you're saying about their individuality, but for us, that's not a huge concern for us. We're just trying to sell <laughs> sell products. So sure, right. We want it all uniform, and we want people to be like, oh, yeah, they're all wearing the same thing. Oh, look at that, you know. So they see the exact same thing, and it gets driven home a little bit more. Speaking of fly racing, they make much more than gear. I know we're talking about gear, but they make much more than gear. Helmets uh, and casual wear, they, have, they produce a range of bike stands, loading ramps, tie-downs, handlebars, grips, levers, and more, JT. You can go to, fly racing, about it. Go to flyracing.com and view their full range of hard parts. And, of course, uh, JT, you have a truck. I know you do. Uh, on the trucker trail, Not a ridge line. the hottest-looking – Hardest working truck accessories are NFAB from step systems and light mounting solutions to bumpers and Jeep gear. N-FAB has your Jeep, truck, or SUV covered. Visit n-fab.com. If you'd like a, a deal on something from NFAB, uh, email the show. Just use the contact form on pulpamex.com, and we can help you get a discount from the folks at NFAB. All right, JT, uh, I did a little bit of a 250 East preview with Wygant, so we're going to switch to 450s. Give us the latest on Chad Reed's status, the absolute latest. The absolute latest is that he flies to Dallas tomorrow morning early, and he was complaining about how early his flight was. That's the absolute latest. Fantastic. That was about seven minutes ago. (laughs) Great. Great to hear. I like that. Breaking news. Chad Reed, tweet that. Chad Reed, unhappy with flight time. Um, There you go. It should be interesting to see how he does. Um, I know we talked about this uh, earlier, but uh, I don't like his chances to do anything this weekend. But I suppose you you drug him up. um, He goes out there. Puts in a tenth, something like that, and this, and theoretically, each week he'll get healthier and healthier, and 
but it's going to be tough. Oh, if he could get a tenth Saturday, I think you know he would. Not that he would be able to, but he would do a backflip. Right, you know? right, I, right. Yep. I just, man, it's going to be really tough. I, I don't know. I mean, you think about how hard it is to get tenth place. He got ninth at Phoenix, and he wrote he was 100 percent healthy. <laughs> That's a good point. You know? You're right. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's riding balls out and gets ninth. Right. Um, this is very sad about Chad's crash. The thought that you know that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think everybody, unless you're just a hardcore, you know, fan of someone else or you're an evil person, you are sad to see it. Right. right. You know, I think just 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 better for the racing, regardless, yeah, regardless of who you like. Um, Adam's been on hold for a while. Let's get to him. Adam, what's going on? Hey guys, I got a, a couple comments first, and then a question for you. First sure. of all, uh, these things are awesome, and uh, as soon as they come out, I think there's a ton of us guys that just wait for them, you know, to come out. It's too bad you couldn't figure out a way to do, like, a, a morning show with it maybe uh, a half an hour, an hour every day, but sometime in the future. C- but come on, Adam. I'm busy enough talking. I, I got nothing else no, to talk I, about. Yeah, but maybe that's the way you can make your living, you know, like a radio show host. But uh. on, on that point, you're you're one of the guys that's always saying uh, the TV show needs more technical information and how all these gearheads love it. And, uh, and it'd be awesome if, if like, you and JT or you and Goose or JT and Goose. I just say JT because... A couple of weeks ago, he was talking about some of the old factory equipment he had on. Well, some of the some of old Reed's old stuff he had on his Suzuki's, mm. and uh, it's too bad you, you wouldn't do a show like a real technical one where fuck, put it up so you got to pay for it. I'd pay a dollar ninety nine to pro- listen to those, and JC can get paid that way for it. But yeah, those but- are my comments, and uh, my question is, uh, you know how Barsha a couple of years ago kept going on and on about how. Uh, if you average the lights championship in the summer, mm-hmm. to average out to to be a podium, you would eventually win it. You know, in the past yep. ten years or whatever. Yep. I guess this is more directed at JT. I wonder if if Reed right now is you know, or Reed, or maybe they all do it for that matter. From when the time the series goes east, maybe Reed knows like if he can get a tenth this weekend, RV over the last so many years averages this amount of points, and uh, maybe you know Reed's thinking that especially two years ago. When he got hurt with two rounds left, even though he wrapped the championship up, if these other guys can keep it close, Reed's always there at the end. I just want to know if you think that they're managing their points with that in their mind. You know, do they average it out? Like RV over the last 10 years always gets uh, 300 points in the second half, where he normally gets 250 in the first half. Uh, what do you think, JT? I think there's some of that going on. Yeah, a little bit, but I think it's more. Uh, generalizing that, I don't think they're do- breaking it down like statistically like that. Not that it's a bad idea, but I don't think it's they're doing it. Um, I just think they're looking at, uh, you know, you always hear guys say, "If I can stay on the podium every weekend, then I'm going to have a really good shot at it." Um, but yeah, it's it's you know managing managing weekends and uh, really trying to eliminate that bad weekend if you can uh, you know stay in the point. You know, obviously stuff like Jacksonville uh, 2011 is going to happen where. Um, you know, it always seems that, especially in the lights class, I think more, but um, or the 250 class, excuse me. But there's always going to be that that odd weekend where you know Villapoto is going to crash or um, Stewart's going to crash or whoever you're worried about. So I think if you can stay in mathematically in the chase and and try to you know get some wins in there, then you, you have a chance at it. There's just always seems like it always comes down to one big mistake here or there that that makes a difference. Yeah, it's um. For the record, JT never said that those works parts were from Chad. He just may or may not have acquired them from a rider that used to ride Suzuki's. <laughs> but, no, uh, I, I know. I just, yeah, I know. We're talking about how cool it is, all the technical information. It would be sweet if you had a podcast that was 
all real technical because I think there yeah. is a lot of gearheads. Here. No, I agree. And, uh, I agree. But they're never, Adam, they're never going to put me on TV. I'm way too hideous. That's no, not no, no. Happen, a, po- but... a podcast. A one-week oh. podcast. It's a mechanic one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real, yeah, maybe so. Real fast, about the ge- real fast about the gear to GT. Is, do you guys, when they're testing it, when they're manufacturing that stuff, do they have, do they have it like a motorcycle where they give it to test riders and it has to meet a certain amount of time before they'll release it to the public? Um, you know, that's a good question. Uh, a lot of guys here at the office will test stuff um, and obviously ride in it as much as you can, and, and we'll judge wear and tear on it as we're riding in it. But there's not really a set time limit. Like a, with a you know with a motorcycle part, you have, uh, say, 3,000 kilometers you'd want to put on a, a Yamaha part. Uh, we don't have anything that rigid, but obviously there's a lot of guys that ride here, and we all try this stuff out. And a lot of times once you get the, the materials figured out, then you kind of know what the, the life expectancy is on it so you don't have to follow it up that closely. Um, you know, stuff with that like that would be more new material or a completely different design and stuff like that. Then we have to look at it really closely. Thanks, Adam. All right, thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. Um, so, uh, JT, uh, we talked to Ouija about the 50E series. You're going with Davalo still? Yeah, it's either. I, I think it's either going to be Davos or Jeremy Martin. Those are my oh. two picks. But I just have a. Wow. I just have a feeling that it's Davos is year. I do too. I think yeah, it, sure you do. I think it's his year to do exactly what he's done every other year. <laughs> I think he's, that, that's what I feel like. Um, Shocking analysis who, from you. Who? Nah, it's nothing personal. Um, sure, it isn't. No, it's not. I've never talked. He seems like a nice guy. Uh, just like you like Blos and you like Rick. Oh, Carmichael. here we go. Here we go. Whack-a-mole. Um, <laughs> pick your race winners, though, like Wagner did. Please don't try to combine humans, though, if you can avoid that. Uh, race winners. Um, I think Blake Wharton's going to steal one. Okay. Uh, I think Adam Cintrillo will win one. Jeremy Martin. Davalos. Bogle. You're that down on Blake Baggett. Uh, just, wow. Man, I, I like, I I like the guy, but... Yeah, yeah. He's never impressed me in Supercross, dude. He's won. He's the only, him and Wharton are the only guys who ever won Supercrosses in this field. Yeah, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just giving my honest analysis. Uh, I, know. I don't. He's coming off an injury. Okay. He hasn't really done much in Supercross. I mean, when was the when? What race did he win? How long ago was it? Yeah, it was a long time ago. It was 2011, I think. Right, yeah. Daytona or whatever. Um, at yeah. one point, and in, that's not even that, that, that. I mean, obviously Daytona is a real Supercross, but it's yeah. such a different. Nah. Kind of super cross. Yeah, he's won a few traditional ones too, but I got yeah. At one point, I think after his Daytona win, he was leading the series by a point or two, and then it didn't work out in the end. But he was leading the whole series after three or four races for a race. Um, yeah, it's not going to be but, like if he wins one, I'm not going to like completely no, yeah. be shocked, you know. But well, okay, if so I, had to pay, I just don't think he's going to win one. But he'll probably come out and win Dallas and make me look stupid. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, Dallas uh, this weekend. Speaking of Dallas this weekend, better dirt than we used to have in the old Irvine Stadium. But we're back to a football stadium, so we're going to have sort of a traditional style uh, track with a lot of 180s, I think. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, Dallas traditionally before had the sun baking on it for days leading up to the race. And now with the Dome, we get that controlled environment where they can really control what the conditions are, make sure the moisture's staying in the dirt. So mm-hmm. I think ever since we've moved there, we've seen that change, and it's a change for the better. Who we had, we had this question earlier? Who is going to benefit? Four fifty class. We're talking now. Who's going to benefit from the move east? I know they all say they are. Wygant said that he thought RV and Barsha, but who who do you think is really going to benefit from the move east? Well, as of right now, I don't think that Chad is. 
Um, <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I think I think Villapoto will on a confidence level, mm-hmm. um, and but st- I think Dungey Dungey maybe too. The only guy I'm really I, I think all of them will feel more comfortable because more traction equals comfort. I think yeah. in every case. Right. The only guy I really have a question on is Roxon. Uh, just because he's typically rode the West Coast and he hasn't ever really done the you know the the travel thing and really just stretching this far into the season mm-hmm. he hasn't ever raced this many races in a row so it's not so much going east it's just that the series is going to start dragging on and it's a it's a different dynamic if you know if he stays in this points chase not only does he have the travel and all of those things he's never gone through but he has the pressure too of a a big bike championship battling against guys that are a lot more experienced than he is. Yeah, well, all good points. Um, interesting to see how, how he's going to end up doing. Um, the uh, well, you know, let's get to Kevin's been a hole for a long time. Kevin, what's up, man? What's going on, guys? What's your question? I just have a couple questions. Um, do you think like I know Monta's putting a lot of money into Supercross and stuff like that, and they're you know the pit party and all that stuff? But do you think like? We could ever go to like how golf is and like NASCAR, how they have just title sponsors each round. You know how golf they got like the AT and T Classic or whatever, for example, or like the Bojangles 250. You know something like that. You think that could ever happen? Uh, I think they would love it if that happened. I think they'd love it if they were big enough to get that to happen. I mean, why not, right, JT? Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Um... I mean, that would be that would be um, ideal. But I think in our sport, you know, we just got the energy drinks and they're the title sponsor and 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 that's it. I mean, I think our ratings are good and our sport is growing, but I just don't think it's at the level yet where someone is going to uh, – there are local sponsors, though, at each round, Kevin. Um, but it's not, you know, it's not on the – it's not like you said, it's not the title or whatever, but there are local sponsors for each round. Oh, okay. Uh, Chuck um, Franklin. Yeah, Chuck Franklin, it, for example. Is the Daytona – it's still, you know, done by Honda. Is yeah. that kind of an example of that, or is that a different? They, yeah, Daytona's is that a different just been, deal. Daytona's just been grandfathered in for years and years. It's been run by the Speedway, never been run by the Supercross promoters. So it's they sell it to Honda, and it's oh, I think Honda's always been there since at least the early '80s, anyways. So yeah, that's a different deal. There's still Monster well, signage though, and everything there. Yeah, I think the problem is is that Monster has a monopoly on that thing with the series. You know, yeah. there's just no way that they're going to allow them to sell individual weekend deals when they have the whole mm-hmm. series. They they they're very. I don't want to use the word greedy because that's a negative connotation, but they are. They they <laughs> want every aspect of the series. You know, they want yeah. all the signage, all the exclusivity, all of the. You know, so they're just unless the the deal got renegotiated, there's no way they would ever allow it. Kevin, do you uh, do you have a bike? Uh, yeah, I do. What kind of bike do you got? I got a 2011 CR450. Oh, that's bitching. Uh, you want some gear? Uh, what was that? You want some gear? Oh, I love some gear. Some Fly Racing F16 limited edition gear? Yeah, badass. Yeah, I would love it. This stuff looks so good, it makes even JT like look good. It's incredible. It's phenomenal. I don't know if it's... I don't know about that, but, but we're trying. Uh, it is limited edition, though, so you're going to be the envy of all your buddies when Fly does not make this, say, in six months. So Right on, man. I appreciate uh, it. Stay on hold, and uh, our own Tiss Legendary will get your information, and we'll get you set up with the guys at Fly Racing and get you a set of gear. It pays to listen, Kevin. It pays to listen. Definitely does. All right, cool, guys. Have a good right, show. Thank you. Uh, Brad, what's going on, man? Oh, hey, guys. I just wanted to uh, touch on momentum a little bit. I know uh, going into this next round, going east, Stuart 
uh, you mentioned has kind of the he's going to benefit most from the the soil. But uh, what? How does momentum play into the factor, especially for a guy like Stewart who's gone twenty four and zero, a guy uh, outdoors and, and has some success uh, on the, the one twenty five. Um, back in 04, uh, rattling off some wins. Um, how does that play into his um, mindset going in this race, and does that affect Ryan Villapoto, or does he kind of just do what he does? I, uh, I think Ryan Villapoto is just going to do what he does. He's just the terminator out there of, of racing Supercross. He'll always be fast. But I do think Stewart seems to step up for Atlanta coming up in two weeks. Daytona, mm-hmm. four weeks. Stewart steps up for that. Um, Villapoto will always be there, but I do think from the win – in San Diego, I think Stewart will be, I think he'll be markedly better from here on out. Although he was sick at Phoenix and he still was not feeling good at A2, so there was that issue in there. But I don't know his, if you took his average finish through the first six races, it's probably a fourth. That's where he is at the mm-hmm. points right now. I predict his average finish will be you know inside the top three the next three, four, five, six races um, because I feel like he will get confidence. What do you think, JT? Yeah, I agree. I think he'll gain confidence, but the the scary thing is is that does he go back to his old way where he he knows he can win now, so is he going to try to win every race? No, or he's different. Is, or is he going to let it, let these things come to him? No, he's different now. Right. <laughs> that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. Is he going to is he going to go back to his old ways though because of this boost of confidence? That's mm-hmm. that's he just slipped back into a old habits uh having uh, uh, now a newfound confidence and no. you're like, "Oh, I got it now. I can go back to how I was." No, nope, you guys are all wrong. You got it. Oh, okay, fair enough. Well, no, I'm not uh, saying you will. Just a quick I'm, touch I'm on. Uh, oh, sorry, GT. Go ahead. No, you're. No, I'm just asking, the, posing the question. You know, before I think he yeah. was willing to take it as it came, but is he going to try to? You know, he felt like he had Villapoto covered last week. So is he going to make a run at this thing and try to, you know, reel off a bunch of race wins and get in the title chase here? Right. Like, um, I just wanted to ask quickly uh, about the the gear, especially for the 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 BTO team, um, do those guys make requests at all in terms of what colorways that they, they get to ride, or does uh, the, the, the gear guy just show up with whatever and uh, kind of like what they would like the guys to be wearing, uh, or is it a bit of a hybrid? Because this uh, F- F-16 stuff's pretty sweet. Sorry, I said that again. My what, phone was cutting do, out. Do the, riders, do the riders request certain colors? Gurky short on the BTO team. Yeah, is it? they do, but it's more of a more of a team decision. Um, yeah. We, you know, they they basically decide before the season, so we can order a bunch of it and get it all sublimated and built for them. But you know, we okay. we basically choose what we like and then what looks good with the bike and all that stuff's kind of taken into consideration. How it's going to match the helmets, etc. Um, but yeah, the, there's a the lot flat of black helmet into that. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, well thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, thanks for liking my Instagram picture, JT. And uh, you guys have yourself an uh, awesome weekend. Thanks, thanks Brad. Um, thanks for for calling the Fly Racing Moto Sixty Show, presented by NFab. Um, more four fifty questions for you, JT. Um, we, what do you think is going on with Justin Barsha? We touched on it earlier. I think he's going to be better on the East Coast. Do you think he? Be I think better? it was a transfer of power. Stop it! Stop it! Don't encourage him. You think there's a tra- <laughs> well? What's happened now? Because Brayton's kind of had slipped slipped a couple of races. So, yeah, I don't know. To be honest with you, I, I really expected him to be better. I know he was your pick for the season um, to kind of be the guy. I, it's weird. Um, he, he definitely hasn't gotten the starts. I, yeah, I thought I thought he looked better last weekend. He was better in practice. 
and then he got a good start in the heat, and and I don't know. It's weird. I don't really have an answer for it. Um, it's not that he's terrible, but he's not challenging for wins either. So if I really ha- and I you know I feel bad even doing this because I'm sure you know guys will be mad at me, but I really just would have to point at the bike, and I really haven't seen anyone on that bike doing well. I really haven't. Eli's not doing well. Barsha's not doing, you know, riding that great either. Um, I just I think that they're still trying to work the, the kinks out of that thing. All right. Uh, speaking of Honda, Evan, what's going on? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Thank um, you. Yeah, I was just thinking about Barsha wanting to get his deal done early. Does he kind of is he thinking, well, maybe I should get this done early because Honda might be thinking about offering Roxon a bunch of money? I think everybody is trying to offer Roxon a bunch of money. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure yeah. they all put yeah. their offers in, but go ahead. I, I, I mean, I think Barsha put some, maybe put some pressure on himself to get the deal done early, and, and it hasn't worked out. And, you know, I know that he was trying other bikes and talking to other people, and maybe that's part of his deal. I, I don't know. It's hard to say. I don't know Justin really well. He did, he doesn't like doing a lot of media stuff. He doesn't hang around to chit chat. You know, I say hi to him, I shake his hand. We, we, you know, we exchange some, exchange some words here. He's certainly friendly, but he's not a guy to really let you in and, and tell you stuff and and or hang around. And I just I don't think he's got a lot of friends with other racers. Do you agree with that, JT? Yeah. Like, I don't think he he doesn't bro down with a lot of guys. He's not chilling. Not no. Yeah. Well, I think he does, but Georgia guys, guys that are MTF, you know, yeah. local guys around there, not so much that are yeah. in his same group, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I don't. I'm not. I'm certainly not inside there. But I, I got to think that some of it, Evan, was was due to pressure and and of getting. Oh yeah, I understand that. Yeah. The other thing was if if Roxon was on any other team but KTM, let's say he was on Honda at the moment in his last year of his contract, would they let him um, go to go to RVs and train with? I know he's. I know he's under Baker Baker's tutelage, you know. But being there, would they let one of their team riders basically do that the way K, KTM did? I. I think so. I think a rider's free to choose a trainer and free to choose a training program. And Baker's success speaks for itself. And I think if you're a Honda or any team, you go, all right, our rider is just trying to better himself. What do you think, JT? Yeah, I don't think they would care. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I think they're, they're fine with whatever as long as he's winning races and, and on the program he needs to be on. Yep. All right, thanks, Evan. Take it easy, guys. Thank you. Greg Albertson, is this a real-life celebrity calling into the show? I'm a celebrity now, huh? Oh, yeah. No, yeah, you're big time. What's up, Greg? How are you? Oh, I'm good. I got to listen live. You guys heard you guys talking about Barsha. I'm just on my way down to Dallas. But I was wondering if you guys know, like, what Stanton's deal with uh, Barsha is, if he's just more of a mental coach or a training coach, or is, how much of a riding coach is he? I don't think he's a – he's said to me a few times, I can't teach this kid how to ride. You know, I, don't, See, I didn't do any of that stuff when I was a guy, when I was a racer. So that, that Stanton said that to me a few times. Yeah, because for me, I I think he could benefit more from just like going like doing basic riding training. I, he just tries so hard, like DV was saying last week, and it's just revving the bike. And I think if he could he could ride more efficiently, then I mean, I think honestly, I think that could really benefit him. Yeah, I, I think DV was onto something. There's a lot of noise and a lot of flash being done when you watch Porsche ride a bike, but not necessarily going forward, right? Um, yeah, because he he always like. This year, I watch him, and he, he goes forward, and, like, he's on it. But as soon as he makes a mistake and he kind of gets that second where he kind of second-guesses himself and breathes, I, I know he's in good shape, but it's almost like he's blown up, and he, he can't go forward. He, like, stops yeah. going forward and just stops. You know, or, or any kind of habits that you're teaching yourself to, to shift up and to lug the bike and 
use the bike's power. When you're frantic and in a hurry, you go back to what you learned best or what you knew best, and that's revving the shit out of it and scrubbing it and, you know, really attacking the track. You could be onto something. What do you think, JT? Yeah, because oh. – No, I think I think so. Um, you know, I think Roxon has shown that you don't have to be that – rev your bike or be that flashy, and, and he is very vocal about that. He actually makes fun of guys that ride that way. So, um, yeah, it looks great, and it's, you know, cool to watch, but – Efficiency-wise, I don't think he's accomplishing a lot. Yeah, cause that's kind of what I've seen. Like at Phoenix, you know, he was on the way forward and then he made a mistake, and then even this weekend he was on the way forward and made a mistake. And then once he yeah. makes that mistake, it's like he loses all that momentum and stops. Where you got a guy like Weston Pike that just grinds the main line. He doesn't do anything special. He just grinds do, that line, lap you, in and lap out, not worrying about anything. Do no, you, it's um, funny. We walk the track, and I, I see, I tell Jimmy or other guys that are talking about quad this, quad that. I'm like. Watch Weston Pike, man. The guy's just going to find the main line, the race line, and just <laughs> right. grind it into the ground as hard as he can until he's up in, up in the top five, top ten. Greg, how do you feel about transfer of powers and things like that? Transfer of powers? I don't yeah. know. Uh, between Brayton I don't, and, between, I don't know what you're talking about. Between Brayton and Barsha when they collided in Phoenix, do you feel like Barsha's power went into Brayton? Uh, no. I don't, no, okay, well, thank you. Thank Brayton's you. results haven't been that. I mean, they've been good, but not right. anything like he rode at uh, Phoenix right. since then. Uh, yeah, I'm just checking. That's one of Wygant's theories. You'll have to ask him about it. Um, yeah, no, there's been a lot of mistakes by Barsha. Mistake this weekend, mistake in Oakland, mistake in Phoenix. Just small stuff uh, that happens um, You know, this weekend in San Diego. It was just kind of a goofy little deal. But you can't do that. Yeah, you can't, you can't yeah. do that against these guys. Yeah, I look for Atlanta to uh, really see something out of Barsha starting in Atlanta. Uh, on. Fly- I, think, I think it's still going to be a little bit slick this weekend. Fly Racing's Jimmy Alberton. Good to race this weekend, Greg? Yeah, we didn't do any riding this week. Um, he's just going to show up on Saturday and, and do what he can do. Right. Um, he did do some therapy, and he can do some push-ups and stuff with his wrist. So I, I think he should be fine. Okay, great, you man. How to, you don't forget how to ride a bike in a week. No, no, good point. All right, thank you, Greg. All right, bye. All right. JT, thank you for uh, for being on the show, Fly Racing Moto 60 show, presented by NFAP. Always great insight. Thank you for that breaking news on Chad. By the way, yeah, no worries. You'll uh, if you're if you're up early in the morning, think about him and unha- how unhappy he is getting up early. Uh, my flight's at six oh eight, so <laughs> I, I I will be up at that time. You should text him. <laughs> I just might. Thanks, JT. <laughs> All right, see you guys. All right, thanks everybody for listening to the show. Appreciate it. Fly racing makes much more than helmets, gear, and casual wear. Check out their full range of hard parts. Flyracing.com and NFAB. Je- dress up your Jeep, truck, or SUV with the hottest looking, hardest working accessories by NFAB n-fab.com proud associate associate sponsor of jgr yamaha and of course filthy phil nicoletti tits thank you for your hard work behind the microphone no problem appreciate it thanks everybody for listening to this hour-long show hope you got smarter see you next week